Hello, everyone, and welcome to In Conversation with Anita Joseph. We have with us a very special guest today, and it's none other than Anson Thomas. Anson is a former Indian customs official and a sportsman of great repute. He is a social reformer too. Based in Mumbai, Anson is known for his social work in the area of anti-human trafficking and is the voice of thousands of girls and women who have been rescued and rehabilitated from the red light areas of Mumbai. His mission is to turn all red light areas into green light areas and ensure the rights and dignity of women. Recently, his efforts have been made into a movie, Pledge to Protect, which is receiving rave reviews and attracting considerable international attention. Let's hear it directly from the man himself. Welcome, Anson. Hi. Hi, Anita. Um, so, Anson, you're a former customs official and sportsperson turned social worker. So tell us what led you to begin your area, your work in the area, red light area specifically. Hey, I never thought or dreamt of working in the red light area because working in customs, uh, my dreams was to come up in the department and being a sportsman, uh, being a hockey player, I wanted to play for India. So that was my goal and dreams in life. But then, there was a sudden change. It was 2nd October, 1991. I'd gone for a church picnic. And over there, being 2nd October, you don't get any drinks. I managed to get a few bottles of beer, sat and drank with my friends. And my church priest, the church pastor came to know that I had drinks in front of everyone. He confronted me. So that small incident which took place made me really think like, you know, that this is my weakness. I went home that day night. I caught my dad's hand and I told my dad, Daddy, I used to drink today too. I had drinks. I make a promise to you never in my life I'll drink. That promise which I made was not only to my dad, it was to God. And then I met the priest and I told him that I made a promise I will not drink. And then one day in my room, I knelt down and I opened out myself in the presence of Jesus. All my small sins, big sins, dark sins, I confessed to Jesus. And I saw his forgiveness. And that really gave me the peace, happiness, and joy. And from then on, I started carrying my Bible with me wherever I used to go. And from there, I started working among alcoholic, drug addicts who were uh, admitted in the hospital. And from there, I was led to the, uh, what do you call, streets. Uh, to work among the street walkers and from there to the red light area called Kamatipura. So it was this particular journey which led me over there. And I really thank God for this because I never dreamt, but it was God's plan about my life. Right. Uh, before we get into the details of it, can you share some of the stories of the women you encountered in your uh, uh, rescue efforts? Yeah, these girls whom I have rescued, they are from different parts of India, from Kerala, Tamil Nadu, Andhra, Karnataka, Nepal, and all different, different places, like from Bangladesh, there are girls. So we call them prostitutes and they are sex workers. But these girls, they have gone through different type of traumas in life. They were forced into prostitution. 
and I, I could reach out to these people over there, to these women, rescue them. And all these girls have got a story of their own. Uh, some of them are like, you know, really touching. Like there was this girl from Kerala who had done a nursing from Karnataka and uh, she didn't have uh, money to pay her nursing fees. She was running short and uh, they didn't give a nursing certificate. So she comes to Bombay to work as a home nurse and she was taken to a five-story building, 85 rooms, thinking that that's a hospital. But all those 85 rooms were brothels and she was forced into prostitution for eight months. And uh, by God's grace, I could rescue her. And she was kept in the protective home. And when she was tested, she had HIV, hepatitis, and all type of different ailments. The court had given order that she can go back to a native. But then she could not because like, you know, with what face she could go over there. And uh, I could help her out. And uh, finally she passed away. So there is this educated girl who was forced into prostitution. There are other minor girls too who are forced into prostitution, they are drugged. This is a girl from Tamil Nadu, a nine-year-old standing at the bus stop. She was given something to eat and drink and she was drugged and she was sold to the eunuchs in Mumbai. And finally, uh, uh, I could rescue her when she was 12-year-old. And I myself had to risk myself going to the eunuchs they are very tough and dangerous place. And especially this is their business. And when the girl is money, uh, when the girl is a minor, they pay more money and they buy her. But I could rescue her, not only rescue her, but empower her so that she could go and rescue other girls like, and also get the brothel keepers convicted. So these are some of the stories like of these girls. So it's not that these women, they come willingly and do prostitution. This girls, they are brought, they are forced, they are uh, like, they go through all these type of third degree torture and they are forced into prostitution. Right, uh, elaborating on that, um, can you give us an idea of how this whole system works? How are children and young women getting trapped into this whole uh, flesh trade? What, how, what's the whole system like? It's a whole nexus which work. It's not that suddenly a girl appears in the red light area. A girl from a different state to reach in Mumbai or Pune or Delhi or Calcutta. That's a well-organized system which is there in which even the police are involved. Sorry to say that, like I'm not saying all the police are corrupt, but the police, they too, they are aware. So these traffickers, either by bus or train, they bring them to these places and they are sold to these uh, brothel keepers. So there is a different level, a different chain system, like, you know, which is there. So there may be one person who will lure the girl, saying that we'll get married to her or give her something to eat or drink and finally hand it over to someone else and finally 
there may be someone else who will be taking it to the brothel keeper and taking over the money so so it's like you know a lot of things which is involved in the soul trafficking business uh, right um, now in your opinion why do these uh, red light areas and this whole flesh trade mafia exist despite strong anti trafficking laws in india and across the world do you think the laws are not effective enough and also in addition to uh, the existing legal provisions what else do you think must be incorporated to make this more effective to be very honest and simple i'll say even if the old laws were there they are effective but one thing which is there is corruption it is because of corruption that all these things are happening and going on in front of our eyes you get new laws but still things are happening why because there is no fear in the bible there is a verse which says the fear of god is the beginning of wisdom here there is no fear you see the brothel keepers the pimps even if they are arrested and taken like you know they are like you know their hands will be in the shoulder of the police or like you know they talk so freely and casually so there is no fear at all they know they'll go over there they'll get bail and they'll come out so so it is this whole corruption which is there and i'm not saying like you know system means uh, i hope you understand it's not just the police there's a whole system which is involved and if the system is corrupt uh, corrected definitely there will be change and and i'm sure that like you know there'll be no red light area because how can we think of modern day slavery how can we allow such type of things to happen in front of our eyes because who are these people who are these women it's very to uh, very easy to label them as prostitutes and sex workers but they are someone's daughter sister mother and it's when you think in that way then there will be a change so it's basically corruption and there are in meetings and seminars where i have heard that if such type of place was not there our daughters and sisters would have been raped i feel so sad and pathetic about those people who are speaking about such type of a thing and those people are people of high level this uh, status in society who who appears in all these seminars and meetings and talk such type of thing and there are times when i have stood up and i have corrected them right um now can you share some data about human trafficking and flesh trade and how many of uh, among these are young girls and children this is the last thing i would do about sharing data there is a reason because i have come across a lot of this so called ngos who come up with a lot of data in seminars and meeting and when they come over there and present it they show as if their heart is pumping out for these women and children but it just remains over there in those seminars and meeting and they very easily call them sex workers commercial sex workers with women in prostitution so it's very sad that like you know after presenting this they, this is how uh, they address them 
but can they address them as sisters daughters mothers and that is where changes and transformation will take place so to be very frank i don't run after all these uh, what you call data because for me there should be none in the red light area because that is not the place for women and children and how many are minors i will tell you that these women who are even old adult most of them they were minors when they came into prostitution and they were helpless and finally they continue so none of these women should be over there so so this is my frank opinion that people are running after statistics about all these type of things there is so much of statistics which is available but what is being done these girls these women they are still continuing in the brothel hole people go for international seminars and meeting but will that change in any way the women who are there in the red light area absolutely um now i know that rehabilitating women and children from the red light areas is not easy so what are some of the biggest challenges you encountered from mainstream uh, society governments and corporates in particular in the process uh, as you said about rehabilitation it's not just rescuing a girl from the red light area and uh, keeping her in a protective home that's the end of it rehabilitation is a process and these girls they have gone through a lot of trauma because in a day itself they had to attend 10 customers a day 15 customers a day 20 customers a day and who are these people who go to them they are as old as the grandfather sage the father sage alcoholic drug addicts people with all type of different disease they go and jump on them and just wearing a condom is not the answer to this people feel oh face sex just by wearing condom but just think of the trauma that they go through day in and out that there are so many people coming on them for me i am married and i know like you know having sex it it uh, like you know your body needs rest but here is a woman she in a day itself 15 customers forget 15 10 forget 10 even 5 customers a day and this is what they go through and even after rescuing it's not that we expect them immediately like you know to change so all these traumas keep on playing in their mind and in their life so so it takes time for the healing process and for that we have to understand these women and and that's where it takes time to rehabilitate them and for that we require a lot of patience and i've been with these women and i know that and i've been with them some of them as long as 25 years right from the start and some of them are not alive today but i had been with them throughout their journey absolutely uh, now coming to the movie 
uh, which depicts all this. Uh, I, I watched the movie Pledge to Protect and it's very powerful and brilliantly made. Perhaps I would Thank say it's you. the best, uh, I would say it's the best way to put across the plight of uh, these women. So tell us your experience making this movie. So again, uh, uh, this was not my cup of tea, like, you know, to produce a movie. I never thought of it or dreamt. But then uh, after my retirement from customs, uh, voluntary retirement from customs, I was working on how you can prevent human trafficking. And I had printed this calendar on human trafficking. There are calendars on different, different, this like, you know, religious calendars and so many different calendars people come up with. But I came up with a calendar on human trafficking. And I used to go to colleges, churches, institutions, and I used to speak how we can prevent modern day slavery. And that's how I used to go on lifting these calendars from one place to the other. It was pretty hard. So this is how I, I went around, but then God had great plans about my life and how he wanted me to reach out this particular subject about human trafficking. And that's where it was not high. God helped me to produce this movie, Pledge to Protect, because I was a total zero. I had no idea about producing a movie or even acting, but by God's grace, I could do that. And I thank God for this opportunity that he gave me that I could complete this movie. And uh, today it is out on the OTT platform. Right. Uh, how has the movie been received? Tell us about that. This movie, as you said, like you have watched it, it is very positive. It's not just a one direction movie on the women, because there are so many movies which is uh, produced and come out on human trafficking, just focused on the women. And some of them I'm not very happy also because they glorify sex work and prostitution. Uh, recently come up movies too like. But in this movie, I have shown how, people can come forward and we can make a change and difference in society among the lives of these women, despite challenges, hardships, confronting uh, the system which is there because very often people feel scared of going to the police. Oh, how can we go over there? Like, you know, but that is where I have shown like, you know, yes, you can make a change. You can go over there and make a difference for these women. And even in the court, like, you know, where it's not that just because you have lost, like, you know, you give up, but that's the place where you have to really fight it out and make a change and difference. So, so it is a holistic, this like, uh, where it gives a message to the pins that you can change your life a message to the brothel keepers, a message to the politician, a message to the police, the message like, you know, for the judiciary to open the eyes and people of the world, like to accept them and receive them, not as prostitutes, but as a sisters, daughters and children. And it's not just limited to India, this movie I have, when I'd been to Amsterdam, for the Billy Grants conference. I have got those shots also because people feel 
oh, Amsterdam, there is like, you know, it is legalized and all. But I have interacted with those women in the brothel and they have shared with me that they are forced into prostitution. They have come for work and their passports have been taken. So those scenes are, I have also shown in this movie where uh, there are others also where, uh, where there is World Cups and Olympics going on. There is, uh, there is this girls who do prostitution. I have shown that uh, these women too, like, you know, they can change their life. And uh, I have shown Australia Sydney Olympics where I had been over there, where I came across a strip teaser where I spent some time with her and she changed her life and then she became a teacher. So if one person can make a change, what if we get together, we can make a big difference. And that's when I, when I received my CNN IBN Real Heroes Award, I made a statement that my vision, my mission is to see the whole red light area into a green light area. So it is not just preaching from the pulpit. It's not a politician giving some this like, and that's the end of it. But I meant what I said. And that is where in 2010, I gave my resignation to do full-time work. And, and this is not ended just with the movie. I know it's a lifelong uh, commitment. And in this journey, we all have to work. So you said about what is the people dislike about this movie. I, to be very frank, I don't have much money to do publicity and all because I have put in my whole life investment. People ask me how much you have uh, invested for this movie. I tell them I have invested my life, everything. So that's what I have put. And now it is for you. It's for you to see that you tell people that there is this movie, how we can make a change and difference. It's not I, I have done my work. And you have to get up from your slumber. If you really love your country, and if you really mean what the pledge says in your textbooks that India is my country, and all Indians are my brothers and sisters, then you have to wake up and you have to take this pledge as a citizen of your country, whether in India or anywhere in the world. Right, right. Um, now, you're a sportsman uh, actively working in the sports sector and you're also using sportsmen to create more awareness about the issue of human uh, trafficking. So in that context, tell us more about uh, sports mission. Yeah, being a sportsman, I, I use sports as a medium to venture into the red light area. I should have played for India, but because of politics, I didn't get into the Indian team. But I believe that when one door is closed, God opens 10 other doors. And the door which God opened was to take my Bible in one hand and a soccer ball in the other hand and go and play with the children born in the brothels in Kamatipura. And that's where I started working among them. The ball used to fall in the dirty gutters, pick it up, wash it, and play with those kids. And I have taken many uh, well-known cricketers and uh, what do you call actors over there 
cricketers like Steve Waugh, Australian cricket captain, Adam Gilchrist, Mickey Bowie, Joel Gardner, Ian Bishop, Murli Karthik, Harbhajan Singh, Tinu Yohanan, Abhi Kurola, Sunil Shetty to the red light areas to be positive role models for these children. Even to get an autograph or a photograph, it's difficult. But think of taking them to the red light area. Yeah, I know the power of sports. And so that's the reason I took these sports personalities over there so that that can really impact the life of these children, not to become prostitutes and pimps, but that they can become the future of our country. And today, I really thank God some of these kids, kids who would have been lost, they have done their MBA, graduation, post-graduation. Many are married and settled in life. And today, they are the citizens of a country doing good work. So that's how I started using sports. And sports mission is a proprietary business which I started. As I shared about calendars, I have got different, different products like wristbands, which says real men don't buy women, stop human trafficking, mugs, badges, and such type of products where I, I go and sell these products when I talk. And whatever profit comes, I use it for my work to prevent human trafficking. That's what sports mission is. Right. Uh, and so now, uh, tell us uh, about your future plans. Do you have uh, plans to make a sequel to the movie or what? What is your future work going to be? I don't know about my tomorrow. Only God knows. I have submitted my life in the hands of God. And it is 30 long years. It is God who has led me to this thus far. And in future too, if God wills, I want to serve him in the darkest of dark places. And, and that is my life which I have dedicated. Whether it is women or poor people or slums or whatever way God wants me to do, I am open for that. So that is my future. Right. Uh, so um, thank you very much, Anson, for taking the time out. That was a very, very uh, uh, insightful and inspiring conversation. I, I hope that, you know, we can all, you know, wake up and do our part to make the world a better place. Uh, thank you very much for taking the time. Yeah. Out. So this movie, Pledge to Protect, is not for my name and fame, but it is for us to see how we can change the red light areas into green light areas to save our sisters, our daughters, our mothers, not only in India, but all over the world. So Absolutely. let us work together. And Absolutely. thank you, Anita. Thank, thank you. you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Anson. Thank you. Yeah.